This is the Green Strength Podcast with Lucius Tyree IV, where the mission is building strength, enhancing performance, and uplifting consciousness. So tune in with the mind, body, and spirit. Let's get moving. We're back with another Green Strength Podcast. Coach Luke, we got a lot to talk about today. We do. Well, you have a lot to talk about. <laughs> and uh, our guest over here, Miss Hailey Howard. Hello. Hi, Hailey. You both have a lot to talk about because this episode we kind of wanted to uh, not only bring Hailey on and introduce her to everybody as we've been kind of playing around in, in the world of kettlebells and stuff together now, but um, you know, the real thing is both of you are inspiring leaders inside your communities. I mean, Jeff, you are definitely like an example of what it is to be like a true physical culturist, what it is to like truly train. Um, you, you, bring got me, a, you got me blushing over here. You bring 100% <laughs> intention and in, intelligence and intensity into your your stuff. But now, um, and just like, like Hailey, very, very similar in that way. But now both of you are banged up. Both of you are on the sidelines. I am the healthiest person at this table right now. Is this a first for you? This is a first. Yes, that's why, that's why we won't bring Greg in here on this podcast. <laughs> so I'm the healthiest. Well, as we get started, though, Hailey, tell our listeners a little bit about your background and kind of because Mia, she as well is uh, quite the physical culturist here. So give everybody some of your background. Um, so I was a gymnast growing up. Honestly, wasn't that good at it, <laughs> um, but always liked to be athletic. I liked lifting weights, started doing that in high school more. I tore my ACL when I was 14, so I um, had to have surgery for that, and I don't think I ever really rehabbed the leg, but it's like it's different starting from when you're a kid and you have a surgery like that because you're not really prepped for it in the beginning, and it's an acute injury. Um, so I went to college for kinesiology, love biomechanics. I love studying the way the body moves and figuring out different things. But at the time, let's see, that was 2008. Um, there wasn't really a lot out there as far as like strength training. It was pretty basic. And I think I just got kind of burnt out on it. And that's when I started practicing yoga and I fell in love with it. It was so different and so creative. And I found like I found my creative outlet of fitness through yoga. So I started practicing a lot of yoga, started teaching yoga, and then um, had a back injury, and which was most likely caused by my knee. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know that at the time. Um, but I was like, I'm going to start strength training again, you know, and get back in there and see what I can do. And just kind of started exploring a lot of different new things and I enjoyed it and I liked being back in there. And then I started doing primal movement and I was sold. <laughs> and then I picked up a kettlebell and I was sold. <laughs> so here I am and it's like all three modalities that I use on a regular basis kind of work together and inspire each other, which is really kind of cool. Very cool. Well, that's my favorite thing about the kettlebells is it's just like it's one of the truest tools it's like an extension of the body yeah. like you, you truly you can and we see this now with the mace and, and all these singular tools that that allow freedom and allow flow and allow creativity um and of course there's always an outlier out there has done something special with a barbell and made it look cool but there's there's nothing like the freedom 
of the tools that require you to intentionally learn how to move. I mean, to the best of your ability, there's no cheating these movements. There's no cheating these exercises. Um, cause you're, then you're only cheating yourself. I mean, playing, you know, you're just mm-hmm. limiting yourself for full potential, but you said something about your knee. Mm-hmm. So the first part on that was when you were 14. And then when did you hurt your back? I started having back problems when I was probably like 24. Well, actually I had back problems when I was younger, like 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like had MRIs, all that. It's like bulging disc scenario, yeah. you know. And then I started practicing yoga and my back pain subsided quite a bit. Right. Uh, it wasn't bothering me on a regular basis. But it was a different back pain than what I was having more recently. It was more of just like a lumbar issue. Whereas yeah. most recently it was definitely more of an SI joint situation. Mm-hmm. Now it's always weird to think about like when you're coming back from an injury as a child, I just feel like we're already like at the worst case scenario. Like there's exactly. no man, like you really do not gain this in this intention and this awareness inside your body until I, I didn't don't. get it until my late twenties. And I feel like same how you've come back from what you've happened a week ago. I mean, mm-hmm. your surgery a week ago and what you're already progressing through right now is the product of your mind. I mean, it's the product of you, just simply knowing how to change and alter the entire environment around you for healing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just it kind of like this is a very funny thing to think about in the world of physical exercise because you used to do Olympic lifting. Mm-hmm. So back then you were doing Olympic lifting and you were probably strong, you were probably good, you moved yeah. well and did all these things. But then there became that time when the knee or the back, whatever it was happening, mm-hmm started giving you trouble? Well, I think with Olympic lifting, my biggest thing was like, I, I, I didn't want to throw that much weight over my head. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I wasn't comfortable with it. Right. And I think I've told you before, sometimes I feel really strong surface level, mm-hmm. but then like deep down, I'm not, I'm still yeah. feeling a little shaky yeah. about it, you know? No, for and, sure. And so it's, it gets a little scary sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, what I, what I love about this and like where my, where I'm thinking about right now is how it, it's always so simple and so funny in, in a way. It's like Olympic lifting is not a bad thing. That's not what's destroying the body. What's no. destroying the body is that the person or yourself in that moment is not aware and aware enough to set an intention to start to realize like I have to change the balance of homeostasis here. Like I'm doing healthy things, but I'm doing them too much. Now I'm being an asshole about it. And you just have to start to find the yin to the yang. You have to find that other side. And then you have to intentionally dive into it. And they always start to balance each other out. And sometimes it takes us the extremes to really start to honor those things and figure it out. And I think you and I are very similar in that way. It's like mm-hmm. we push it all the way till the end. And it's like there's we no really there's back. no go anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, oh. I suspect, you know, how my injury happened, right? It, my my guess here is there is some cumulative injury, right? There's this idea Uh of I did too much too quick because we had that snowstorm that came through, was kind of trapped inside. I got COVID. I was out uh, for a few weeks, not really doing much. And then when I came back, it was like, I'm playing flag football. I played pickleball. I'm doing jujitsu, but I hadn't really given my body after having almost like a month off 
yeah. enough time to kind of build back up a little bit before just jumping into all these things mm -hmm. that were creating more trauma on my body. And then eventually it just gave out. And so here I am now being forced to allow my body yes. to, to, to heal yeah. as opposed to moderating what I was doing at the time in a way that would have been healthier. Yeah. Well, the beautiful thing is that your schedule in sense doesn't change. Like your days uh, required in the, in the gym. I hate using that term because it's it, your days required of being physically conscious and, and taking care of yourself. They don't change. I mean, you're injured now a rebalance of our situation is here. Now there's new things that have to happen. You have to adapt and become um, okay with simply taking a new route and, you know, finding that difference back to the balance button. You just got to look at what's happening, reverse engineer the process and start to go. But now with being injured, both of you went through that first, which I imagine it's always the first like week where it's just like really shitty. You're like, God well, that's damn. That's what's weird about my situation is that this wasn't an acute injury. Yeah. And yeah, you were preparing for it. You were like prepping, honestly, counting down. And honestly, like by the time I was ready to pull the trigger on having surgery, I was feeling pretty good. My knee was pivoting and there was a lot of instability. But as far as how strong I felt, I felt great. I mean, mm -hmm. all my lifts felt great. Um, it, it was just like there were certain things that I wasn't going to be able to do long-term and long-term, like I said, it's not good to function without an ACL. So that was even more of a mind trip of having to consciously make the decision to do this, knowing it was going to put me out, mm -hmm. even though like I was technically okay at the time, you know, my back's feeling better and everything felt strong. My legs felt stronger, but it was just like, if I want to progress from where I am right now, I have to do this. So I'm going to have to go backwards for a minute to get, to go forward. So even at the highest level, even when you are highly Howard, you have to take steps back now to go forward. Yep. And I think that's a, that's a super, that's the valuable lesson that we try to teach on a daily basis. Slow down. Mm -hmm. My goals for everybody I'm ever around is like, I want to make you as bad physically as you desire. Like what your goals are, I want that for you. But I'm also a realist. Like I, I see what has to change and what has to happen and stuff. And to be able to get to the level to say, nope, I've got to actually put things on hold to go forward. I mean, that is what we're teaching. And that is, it's the answer for not only coming back from an injury, but it's the answer when healthy. <laughs> always, always look to push forward a little bit and take a step back, reevaluate, assess how you're going forward again, and then charge forward. And now you've both are in a position of reevaluation. You both are, um, she's doing physical therapy on her knee and you are in a boot. Yeah. And it's, uh, yesterday was hard. So, okay. So I had a cast yeah. and just a few days ago, they took the cast off and gave me a boot. Still, I'm not walking in it or anything, but that first moment of when they take it off and I looked at my calf after only being in a cast for two and a half weeks. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like it's gone. Like every, just in comparison, <laughs> everything like the, the muscle mat and I'm not like a huge muscular leg guy anyway. So for it to just all of a sudden mm -hmm. seem like it shrinks in half, mm -hmm. um, plus there's a lot of unknowns with my injury, mm -hmm. you know, I, there, there's different things on, on how these injuries can happen. And so, you know, with mine, it's like, we're trying conservative treatment. It's a pretty rare injury. We're trying to avoid surgery, but that's not off the table. So there's just so many unknowns about how this is going to go. And it's been, 
mentally difficult, uh, to say the least, especially that first week, because it was like all these things I love to do, I felt like had just been ripped away for literally an unknown amount of time. I didn't, I didn't know what, and I still don't know, but at some point I've tried to take control of it. And there's waves, right. Where, you know, I'll be doing something and that realization comes that, man, I can't go to jujitsu, right. Maybe I'm on Instagram and I see that class photo and everybody's there and it's like, man, and I'm sitting here on the sidelines. I can't do anything. I don't know when I'll be able to. Like that hits really hard, uh, real hard. And I think that's been probably the biggest challenge on top of, you know, everyday things are difficult when you can't walk, right? So don't take for granted your ability to walk <laughs> and all that, right? Because it's, we forget like when all of a sudden that that foot's gone and I can't walk and everything, like everything gets hard. Um, but yeah. It's like su such simple things like carrying something in, side exactly if you got crutches or scooter like you can't <laughs> i know it's insane how every little thing you start to realize and i'm lucky that it's my left foot so i'm still able to drive but yeah. like if it was my right foot i don't know that i can't drive with my left foot but yeah it's just it's difficult and i still have those waves but i'm i'm finally now mentally at a point where i'm like okay i can still go to the gym and, and do things and, and so i'm i'm getting there but it's the well, mental aspect is rough. when this happens to the people that we usually work with, there's a ton of questions. I mean, uh, just one I can think right off my head is like weight gain is always a huge fear. You know, if somebody gets a knee surgery or gets is in a boot, then it's like, uh, how am I? I can't exercise. I can't do all these things. I'm in that negative headspace we just talked about, and I'm afraid. And I'm, you know, that is that's one right off the top of my head. I know is a huge one. But you guys, I know both of you. You're not. You're going to be as, as healthy as you always are. I mean, and it's, it's simply because you make a sacrifice and you make choices to live an entire healthy lifestyle, which it's almost two different conversations. You know, what you're going to do right now um, in coming back from this is entirely different to what we're trying to teach others. And, and the first step is developing a healthy lifestyle. Like you have to develop healthy habits because coming back from an injury it, it might require you to not be able to move around and run around and do a lot of stuff, but there's still things you're going to be able to do. And there's still opportunity for learning and growth. And that's a beautiful time to be able to maybe learn more about um, your uh, addictions and needs for foods and the certain things you're eating. And that's a time when instead of challenging yourself on the leg press machine, now you're challenging yourself like nutritionally to, to like adhere to something. And, you know, but the cool thing about that and what I mean by this is that when you're done, you always end up putting that little puzzle piece in and the whole pie becomes better. You know, it, the whole picture becomes real again. And so I guess my question to both of you are like, what are, what's the silver lining? What are the things that you are looking forward to in the, in the, the healing process of this? What can you actually, what are your goals? What can you work for? still with the same intensity and like dedication as you were before. I know one, this is like a tangible goal, uh, that a few years ago I had in my head, I was like, man, I want to get better at pull-ups, right? Yeah. Like I have not been, it's not ever been a strength of mine. And I'm right. like, I want to do that, but I've never had the opportunity or I've never taken the time to like really focus on that. And I'm like, Hey, I don't have a leg. This is a perfect time to start working on that as a goal of like, yeah. okay, let's, that's a thing that I can actually grab onto and work on progressing there. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do, I'm going to do a lot of pull-ups. I'm going to get really good at pull-ups. And then, you know, I'm going to go out and 
I don't know, go to the beach and find something to pull up on and really impress people when I have both legs back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll have to add calf raises in there when uh, yeah, you get back. You exactly. Uh, They'll be like, why is he only have that twiggy little guy. leg over there? That, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, like, un- highly, you've got so much, like, you're, you want to play with so many things. You want to do yeah. so many things that this kind of also frees you up to, like, focus on a certain couple of things. Yeah, it it's also like I got to a point where there was a lot of things that I wanted to do that I couldn't do because of my knee instability. And so I was kind of like stuck in a lot of the primal movement and stuff that I was doing. And that's where it's like, okay, I'm going to have to go backwards for a minute. But my goal with this is to come back stronger and to actually be more functional and to get rid of some of these um just kind of things I've done over the years to compensate for yeah. these little injuries and alignment issues that have caused back pain and all of this stuff. And that's really what I'm most excited about is to work on those things when I'm rehabbing my knee so that once I'm back to where I am, I can actually like feel strong about doing progressing into some of these skills that I want to do without creating more injury. That's that's the weird thing behind this whole conversation it's kind of funny because both of you i understand you have a natural uh anxiety or fear with things but then i'm sitting over here and i'm like dude she's gonna be healed much faster than she could ever imagine and she's gonna be stronger and be so much you know more badass going forward and you the same thing but you guys i know you don't feel that i wouldn't feel that either like it's a it's a weird I kind of feel it, especially now. I think you're, you're like getting on the train a little bit. Like I'm getting back on the train. Yeah. So I, I want to hear kind of your thought on, because another thing that I've struggled with is not just this feeling right now of I'm, I'm out and I don't know what's going to happen, but also, you know, I can convince myself that eventually I'm going to come back and it's going to be fine. But learning to like trust that injured body part again, because that's a huge fear it's of mine. Tough. I know a few years ago I broke my hand and like I knew it was healed, but I was so scared that I was going to hurt. Like it was going to just uh-huh. shatter again or something. Uh, but in, especially with this is a different kind of injury with, you know, ligaments involved in those kinds of things. And so, and you've had this in the past. So what's been kind of your experience in learning to trust those body parts again? It's funny, like coming back this time, I've had that thought every time I've like done something new, every time I've like the first time I've bare, like put weight on my foot, I was like, okay, this is so scary. It just felt really like unstable, but but it wasn't. <laughs> then I did it. And I was like, okay, that's not bad. And then same thing. Like once I came into like more flexion, it was a little bit scary. And once I tried to extend all the way, it was a little bit scary. But the anticipation leading up to those things is way worse than the actual doing it. Because in your mind, like you said, you don't really know what to expect. And so instead of feeling positive about it, you're scared of it. Yeah. And then you go into it and you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. But sometimes we think it's worse than it is because we have had this negative like attitude towards it before we do it. And we're like, Oh, I can't do that. I'm not ready yet. It's like, well, maybe you are, you haven't even tried yet. (laughs) You know, like you don't know that. And I'm always in the mindset of like, I can't put myself in a bubble. So I have to move forward with this knowing that like, I have to make this leg just as strong as the other one again. And that is going to happen and I can't baby it or compensate for it because that's just going to create more problems. I guess that feeling convicted over here that I'm, I'm worrying about a situation that's one down the road, but that I can't even control that. Right. It's like, you Mm -hmm. have to learn to just 
take those, you can do it in baby steps. It doesn't yes. have to be all at once, right? I don't have to go out and try to do sprints as soon as I get this thing off my leg, right? But um, worrying about something that's hasn't even happened yet, that right. may not happen. It's that the anticipation it's, of the thing that you don't even know what the outcome is yet. Right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And you have, you have to be present. You have to be here you now do. every single day and be real with yourself on where you're at because that that's what you're capable. That's your prescription of training. Um, with what I think anybody listening to this would need to get out of like what the last thing that was just said right there was people have to understand that and I keep nailing this down, but people have to understand that like we're talking about a lifestyle. We're talking about somebody who is exploring, coming back from an injury on that knee and, and doing things with that knee. But nobody understands that both of you are the type of people who are going to be conscious of every step, of every movement you're taking throughout the day. You're going to have some sort of movement practice where you are balancing from standing, from see. I mean, you play mm-hmm. around, you explore movement of the knee. And that is where our confidence and our ability to come back so quickly mm-hmm. um, comes from. So if we were telling all of our students or people listening that are suffering from this sort of stuff, it's it's really like, man, you have to like be here now, mm-hmm. figure out your step-by-step plan, and you have to execute it with 100% consciousness and 100% intention every single day or else you're you're going to skip steps. You're going to be in that position where maybe you're not as, um, you know, strong minded on that leg or that, that injured, you know, injury of yours. So I don't know, man, I, I, I can't get enough of like just thinking about how lifestyle is so important to the both of you and how you're going to recover. And then thinking about where anybody ever asks me any of these questions or when I see the struggles, it's all of just not investing into the moment not truly investing into like what you actually need. And you know, I talked about this, that I think a lot of people, when they get injured, they just let everything go. They just stop mm-hmm. everything. Right. And for me, just if I'm not doing something physically active and there's are a lot of sports and things like that, I like to do, if I can't do those, then I better be here in the gym doing something. Cause I'll go insane, but it would be so easy to just sit on the couch and do nothing. Mm-hmm. But you know, you and I talked about that when it is time for me to come back, and start working on my lower body, fixing those imbalances, rebuilding this leg that I feel like is wasting away. That's, you know, I'm making a bigger deal out than it is, but that we can set a foundation that one, I don't have to let my arms and my shoulders and my back and everything else go along with it. No. But then we can also build those things up so that when it's time, you've created an even better foundation to start from when it comes time to rebuilding that lower body. When injuries happen, you truly see who's healthy and who's, who's not healthy. I mean, you see who can bounce back with the mental fortitude and the physical fortitude of like rebuilding themselves into what they want to. Mm-hmm. When you're not healthy, it's usually your habits. I mean, there that's when the weight gain happens because your nutritional habits are bad. And that's when you don't get full extension of that knee like we were talking about in PT today. Just watching that, I can just imagine the majority of people skipping some of those like little things that I know would just bite them in the ass later. And those are the compounding things that keep happening over time. And the deeper that time comes, the, the more the reversal time is going to have to be. And that's, that's just, it's kind of like one of those things where you're going to have to become aware of one day, like you're making this conscious decision. Now 
I truly believe you can almost like reverse anything in a, in a sense, in a, in a theory, but your timeline is ticking and it, sh it shows you a lot. But I don't know. We don't like to, to think well, and like in the you moment. Were saying too, like, it's like people just let everything go. <laughs> it's like, so injured. you have ACL surgery. That doesn't mean I can sit on the couch and eat chips all day right? <laughs> or right. that I want to, or that I'm going to, you know, like, why would I do that now? I didn't do that before. No. Unless and that's the emotional side of it, like you have to stay present and you have to stay positive and you have to keep going with what your goals were, you know, previous to the injury or previous to the surgery, because aside from your physical condition and having to like rehab a, an injury, everything else should be relatively the same. If you live a healthy lifestyle, right. you shouldn't really have to worry about that too much. Exactly. Because you've already made choices to eat well and be active and yeah. figure it out. And that's, exa that's exactly what I, what both of you are perfect examples of that. You live a healthy lifestyle. So all this stuff just kind of falls into place and it takes care of itself. And usually you have a, a solid recovery on things. But, you know, this is, um, you've, let's see, it's been less than a week since your knee. And what, like the other day you were pressing kettlebells. We were rolling the mm -hmm. rope around. Mm -hmm. We were even kind of, you've been doing bridges and all sorts of things. You did side planks today. I mean, you're pretty much, you did squats today. I mean, yeah. you literally were training in every movement. Yeah. Again. And yeah. now it's almost fun. Now it it's fun good. again. It's like it feels really build good. a squat. Yes. Build this position. Yeah. Yeah. So within a week, my point here is there was so much fun and freedom of movement and exercise mm -hmm. that you were still able to do. Yep. Jeff is in here with a, a mentality of building pull-ups and really working on mechanical and efficiency details like in your upper body. Now that's – and coupled that with your healthy lifestyle – results are going to happen. Mm -hmm. So you both are going to get not better results, but you're going to get positive results in a time of injury, mm -hmm. which is a beautiful thing. But I think, you know, you were, I was talking about how I was worried about the timeline and, and that's a, a kind of thing that I think that you have to let go of because one, every person is different, right? Mm -hmm. Other, some people will heal different than others. Um, different injuries are different. And if you try to force a timeline, you know, you may be just setting yourself up for failure one way or the other, where you're either maybe taking it too easy in some cases, or you're pushing too hard, creating more problems. And instead, you just need to accept that this goes back to your be here now, accept that you're in the situation that you're in, do what you can right now and, and let things kind of work through as they can. What do you think about, because we, we've nailed this back to psychology all the time. I always love to take it back to that, but there's negative psychology as well. And I think that a lot of the positive events or things that I've done in my athletic career have been negative psychology. I mean, when I, I ran a marathon in 2007 and then the next week I had a stress fracture in my foot and then the next week I did a, a hundred mile trail run with that same stress fracture and then I never ran after that. <laughs> But well, so you did enough running for, for basically for, 126.2 miles um, <laughs> in a week span. I was fucked up, man. And like, but like, I was never going to quit. I was so like mentally driven going forward. And I've been that way with kettlebells. I've been that way with 
a strong man and all that stuff. And what started to really trip me out was when I would do badass things and I would take it to the extreme was when everybody gave me love, when everybody like gave me attention. And yeah. those were the moments of when everybody put me on a pedestal as like the definition of health. And I was like, dude, this is the definition of broken. Yeah. Like I'm at my mentally weakest and I'm just running myself into the ground, which is having a positive effect because I'm winning, but I'm sacrificing every happiness in my life to, for this fucking moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I've always thought it's weird being around like the fitness industry and, and every time I was at my, and then I'm kind of getting on a little story here. Like I used to realize that like when I would post on Instagram, especially if you post like a shirtless photo on Instagram at the lake or something, you get just like all this stuff. And then I would have this time where I would get away from Instagram. I'd be like, all right, I'm not fucking doing this. I'm going to pay attention to myself and I'm going to really like try to get positive. And when I would get disconnected away from it is when everybody would, you know, I would be happy. I would be, you know, thriving. And that's when everybody's thinking that I was down and something was wrong and this and that, or they would see those photos and those moments and they were like, this is, you know, the best. And it's like, no, this is my worst. This is when I'm engaged into this action and I'm negatively fueled. And so I kind of went off on a rant there, but you understand what I'm saying? Like whether it's mm -hmm. these, I think it goes back to like, when we're talking about the ones that we're trying to teach and the ones that we're trying to help, we see not the right mindset of like, they get that psychotic driven and they're going to go. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta slow down. I mean, those, so those sorts of uh, psychological drives, they're so, it's so weird how they can have such a positive and then such a negative impact. But then they they make you popular. <laughs> like, like, look at David Goggins, dude. Yeah. I like David Goggins. I got mad respect, but David Goggins breaks his body every day and shows you like, I don't have, like, I don't have fucking skin on the bottom of my foot. But I'm out here, you know, yeah. go mother, you know, and yeah. like people are just like, yeah, stay hard, stay hard. <laughs> Dude, he's running around, you know, yeah. speaking and talking Absolutely. to Fortune 500 companies and all this stuff. Yeah. And he is the epitome of health now. And it has everything beautiful about it. But we are all at a table where we know like what's going on there. It's like, that's just psycho destruction, man. And it, And like you said, somebody like that. I'm not saying that he's not a happy person because maybe that works for him. Yeah. But in general, that does not work. And you can't kill yourself like that. You're No. Like, and like you just said, you had lost everything that was happy in your life when you were in that state. Like mm -hmm. you weren't getting to really do what you wanted to do. No. And that can weigh on you. It's a, it's a mind trip. When you get to the, like the leanest, most aesthetically looking you've ever been, mm -hmm. you realize it's like, I'm sacrificing everything to just look like that. I'm not doing anything with it. I'm not making money. I'm not like out at the beach having fun or just mm -hmm. like enjoy. I'm like sacrificing and just slaving to this, mm -hmm. this thing. And a lot of that is, most of that is all industry driven. I mean, yeah. we can go down that. That's just, I got more clients when I was a badass. Mm -hmm. When I don't care as much about it, nobody wants to train. You know what I mean? And it, it's hard. Like I have friends who are coming up and they're in that timeline where they're starting to realize that the more they do, 
the more it gets them attention and the more it makes people want to train them. And it's like, man, it's a, it's a, it's a window, but it's a short lived window. Mm -hmm. It's not one that's going to be with you forever. And it's not the one that you're going to want to hold on to. No. Do you find these same things in in yoga as well? Because I mean, I've not been deep into that world as well. Do you see some of those same kinds of of concepts and issues going on? It's tough too, because the style of yoga that I teach is very athletic and um, physically challenging more so than a lot of other styles, I guess. And we do a lot of hard things, but our mindset has always been like, this is a challenging class. It's going to be more challenging for your brain than your body, most likely, because the way that we move, we move quickly. We add a lot of primal movement stuff into our flows. So you have to, you know, be on your toes and be able to listen to the instructions of the teacher. And um, it's like a game of twister. It's like put your right hand here, put your left foot here. And you have to be able to follow that. And people get really frustrated whenever they can't get it the first time. And so it's funny to see like the difference in clients, people who come in and they want that end result of being able to do a handstand or to do this or to do that. But then when they come in and they see what we're doing and they see how we're getting there, they're like, no, this isn't for me because it's it's too much of an ego crusher for them because it's taking them too long to get to where they think that they want to be. And in reality, their expectation is just too high from the get-go. Or it's not that you can't do a handstand if you want to do a handstand, but that's that's not really the goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the goal is to come in here and challenge your mind and challenge your body, and probably these things are going to come. But that's not really why we're here. We're here to be healthy, and we're here to be functional, and we're here to prevent future injuries and aches and pains throughout the rest of our life. Well, that's that's that that concept of sometimes if you've got that goal, maybe you need to take a step back uh-huh. so that you can work towards it and not just, oh, I'm just going to come in and immediately get it. Yep. Um, but also that ego concept of we are trying to be healthy. We're trying to have longevity. We're trying to be strong in all the things that we do. But then we push ourselves so much that sometimes we break down because we've done too much. And so it's it's mm-hmm. almost that opposite of we have trouble balancing. We want to be able to teach people to slow down, take a big, deep breath and gain mm-hmm. control of the moment. No matter like that is what. But the hardest part of that is that doesn't sell and it only sells to a few people. The disconnect is like, how do we how do we get people to buy into that stuff. And I think we've highly enough, I have had that conversation of like, I'm just not like, I'm not interested. And I know she's not interested in, in training those people anymore. And it's not a bad thing on them, man. It's not mm-hmm. like, and I think you've seen, that's what we've done at green strength where it's like, look, man, I'm going to give general exercise and I'm going to make sure everybody doesn't get messed up. And by my experience, I, you guys are doing great stuff. We're always doing some sort of, unilateral squat we're always pressing something whether it's vertical or horizontal um and if i know you i don't let you press vertical if you can't press vertical i mean like we take care of you we do everything you need to do that if you put all the other dots that i try to teach you will be the in the greatest physical shape of your life it is that plain and simple now building these other skill sets and doing these other cool things i mean a lot requires like who and what you are, your genetics, your background, where you're Absolutely. at. But like I can still get you to as far as I can get you in there when you're ready to truly invest into things. And a successful comeback from an injury takes somebody who's willing to invest 
into, you know, where they are in the actual thing. And I think a cool thing about both of you, because I know both of you do this, is that both, I bet you, I, I know you have, I'm looking at Jeff, but I bet you <laughs> Jeff has Googled every damn thing on that ankle. And I bet you highly has Googled. A lot of Instagram tags. So that is why, that is exactly why who we are. And I used to, I had a, a picture, one of those old, uh, it was like an anatomy chart in the uh-huh. old gym. And every time somebody would talk about something or a tennis elbow or whatever yeah. it'd be, something stupid, I'd say, go up the anatomy chart, look at like what it is, look at what's yep. surrounding it. What does it do? And Google that shit. What is the and action? Start, yes, start asking. And I was like, you have to come to me with an actual conversation about this. And then you're going to learn something or you're going to come back and teach me. Either way, I'm learning. Yeah. Which is good. And it's good to teach your clients how to figure these things out on their own. Yeah. And know that maybe You're there's... You're Googling. I know. <laughs> He's pulling stuff out right now. I literally have tabs open from the uh, <laughs> U.S. National Library of Medicine National Institutes of Health where yes. I'm searching for perineal tendon civilization. Right? You know, but this is, this, is how we, this is how we learn. I think this is the greatest thing. Like that is like... In, I tell you all the time that I think... People fully need to invest. We were talking about coaches the other day and I help and I answer and I talk to people all the time, but my, my real thing, and I have one guy, our boy, Greg, who's really like stuck through and been with me and been an organic person. That's like, uh, I'm make, I'm down to make this my lifestyle. And obviously I've been a mentor to him in a way, but I see no other option of like, you have to personally like invest your money and your time into somebody else who is teaching the same thing as you are. You have to, it's a, it's a rite of passage. It is part of that hierarchy of coaching. It's, it's a one, it's a respect, but two, it's, you feel when your finances go, you're going to pay attention to it more. And I think that that is the thing that's like really disappointed me recently is just starting to see younger coaches and the whole industry around that I do see it's man, everybody's just seeing shit on Instagram. They're seeing all the regurgitated stuff that's come from mm-hmm. three coaches that I've watched. I've watched it come up, but nobody knows back to the source. Nobody knows back to the original intention, the original theory. Yeah, I was gonna the, say, no one knows why. Yeah. Like, why are we doing these things? Exactly. Do you know? <laughs> if and, you don't know, then you shouldn't be teaching them. Like, figure it out first. Uh huh. But again, that doesn't sell. No, it doesn't. So. Damn, we're screwed there. But <laughs> the coaching hierarchy, I mean, the mentor thing, it's, it's all these things lead back to surprisingly, like even coming back from an injury. I mean, it, it matters of like who you're around and who you're investing and you're investing into learning what the fuck you injured and what it does. That's like step number one. And nobody does that. Mm-hmm. And you start to realize like, oh, I can take control of this. Like I'm smart enough now. I can start to figure some of these things out and speed up my own process. And that's what both of you are doing naturally. It blows my mind that people have surgery or have an injury and they don't like find the right PT or find the right surgeon. And I'm just like, this person is literally going to help you like reach your goals on the other end on the Mm -hmm. other side of this. And do they even know what you want? Like, do they understand you as a person? Do they know like what you're capable, what you're capable of and all, Man. I mean, it's so important and people just are like, yeah, this works for my insurance. And then they don't get out of it what they really needed. 
that's a hundred percent. That's a, like, you just hit the nail on the head. Knowing somebody as a person, mm-hmm. I feel that I have a very good skill of like being able to spend time with somebody in my setting. I'm not like a psychologist, but in my setting where I'm confident and I feel I can read energy well, I can, I can almost know what I can teach somebody. I can feel, you know, them absorb the information. Um, but where were we going with that? <laughs> Finding the right people to help finding, you get through this. Finding the right people. I mean, yeah, like when you're teaching, all those people that last with you, you've developed an actual connection with. Yes. Like you've developed a relationship where you know, I know how them. to guide them. <laughs> exactly. But you, you wouldn't know how to guide them to the ability that you can without truly knowing them right without spending time with them 100%. and watching them move like you over time fit. and speaking with them right. and listening to what they're feeling and so i mean if a student asks me after class like i'm feeling this you know in this pose like what's going on i'm like well let's look at it you know get into yeah. the pose let's figure it out and if you don't do that with your clients and vice versa you're not ever going to grow and say so it goes the same being a client you know if you're not willing to st- to talk to your coach or your trainer or your instructor or whoever and ask them these questions, then yeah. you're not going to grow No, either. It's just mindless exercise. Uh-huh. Man, we've gone deep today. And I'll tell you, I feel better, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, it's nice to have somebody that's sitting across that's um, been through this, is going through this, um, to have people that are kind of feeding into my life that help me when I – and this just goes to having those people, whether it's finding the right doctor, the right physical therapist, having yeah. the right coach that's going to have that one-on-one time with you to, to talk to you and help you out. But all that plays into what ultimately to me is still the number one thing that you have to take control of when you have that injury. And that's your own mind, right? Because yes. mind. you are your own worst enemy. Yes. And if I can get over that and it's okay to be sad and it's okay to have periods where you're not happy with your situation like mm-hmm. that's okay yeah but yeah. how do you how do you deal with that how do you get through that because we can't i say this all the time you can't control what happens to you in life but you can control how you react to it yeah and so that i think for me is sort of the like ultimate when you boil it down this dealing with an injury is like how are you reacting to it mentally and physically and mm-hmm. the physical part starts with the mental part yeah. because if you let the mental part go then the physical part the how you eat and if you're still training what you can mm-hmm. that's all obviously going to go by the wayside and so that's the hard part but like we've all dealt with it and we're all dealing with it and so this is just reassuring to have that kind of like poured back into me so i'd love to hear kind of some of your guys's final thoughts on just that final nugget of of dealing with an injury and coming back from an injury I think the uh, kind of what you said is kind of where I'm going with this too, but you have to take charge of it. You have to be in control of it. It's your body, it's your life, it's your goals. You have to make these decisions for yourself. Nobody else is going to do it for you. And if you're, if you want to complain about it, typically that's because you haven't really made the choice to do it and to progress and to get better and to take care of what needs to be taken care of to end up on the other side of it. And just like you're saying with the psychological aspect, I mean, you're making those choices on your own. You can't depend on anyone else. It's got to be right in your head. Communication. Communication, whether it's with others, your team, the closest ones around you, or communication with yourself, real deep, actual communication. Um, 
you've you've got to to understand where you are in the moment and you've got to be okay with that and that's taking control that's taking charge and i believe that uh when you when you get there then everything's pretty simple it's all laid out in front of you it's all step by step we know that once we can kind of calm down and see things we can put two and two together but from a coaching side of from th- from a coaching side of things um I think like both Hiley and I are the very similar in the way of like, this is not about us. Like when, if people are hurt and or people are coming back from injury, like I want to talk to people because like I told you the other day, one of my favorite things and what I consider myself now is like a facilitator, a guide. I, I want to know what you want out of exercise or want out of your life. And if it's coming back from an injury, I want to be the person that you call because I have no ego in the sense I want to share everybody I know around me. So whether it's having a a good physical therapist that I know, having good body workers that I know, having other good trainers that I can send you to, that's, that's the goal. And we're both in that same way. And if you cannot find coaches or therapists like that, then you need to communicate with yourself and find one because that's, it's very, very important to have somebody who's like actually investing into you. And if they are, then you can actually really get somewhere. That's perfect. Well, Hailey, we thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having on me. On the Green Strength Podcast. Uh, I want to give you a chance to, how people can follow you or get a hold of you or contact you. Yeah, you uh, can follow me on Instagram, the Yoga Box OKC, um, or you can check out our website, theyogaboxokc.com. Check out our schedule. Um, I'm Hailey period Howard on Instagram, if you want to check that out too. At Green Strength IV. Perfect and greenstrengthhq.com. Go check them out, guys. Make sure you follow all their Instagrams and see what they're up to and come join them for a class. Come come in for some green strength. Go hit the yoga box. Yeah, and I'll be back soon. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> Too man, soon. Yeah, we're going to be back real soon. No matter how long it takes, it's going to be soon. And <laughs> yeah. We're going to come back because it's the only option we have. There is no other choice. So True. Thanks, everybody, for being a part of the green strength community where we're getting back to the basics to move forward in strength movement, freedom, and life. We'll see you next time.